Welcome to Mission Control, Product Design's podcast on everything business, tech, and marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of successful brands. Join Ramon and the PD Flight crew as they use decades of combined experience to tackle current events and interview guests while dropping valuable industry knowledge. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode. Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mission Control. This is your host, Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we launch brands. And we've got an exciting show today. We have the one and only Rachel Criscolo, owner of Speech Pathology Group, Rehab Services of Connecticut. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And we have Kayla Hawley, the Marketing and Communications Director from SPG. Thank you. Yes, and we have a new person today on the soundboard. Kipas <laughs> Mufasa, Jorge Pezo Candelario, your Director of Web Development here at Peralta Design. Yes. We're How's everybody excited. doing this afternoon? Awesome. Awesome. Jorge, thank you. And, you know, Kevin did the quick training there. I know uh, it's usually his job to, to push all the buttons, but I think you're, you're you know, you're <laughs> hey, capable. That's what we do here. We, we got to fly the rocket ship. We got to have, uh, gotta, sometimes you got to put security and engineering. That's how yes. we do it. Excellent. <laughs> Absolutely. So what happened to summer? Is it back to school and everything's just ends with, with, with the pumpkin spice or what, what are we doing? Listen, in my house, spooky season starts September 1st <laughs> and we are so excited. We're already figuring out what our Halloween costumes are going to be. Give us all the pumpkins, give us all the everything. Fall is just my season for every reason. I mean, I, first of all, it's just New England and the leaves and all of that yeah. is great in and of itself. <laughs> but all like the smells and the tastes. Uh, um, and then like, it's also my favorite, just like fall season for like outfits. You can do all the layers and all the colors. And like, <laughs> I love doing the, the hoodie with the, with the flannel over it. Like, yeah. listen, we got options and I'm, I'm about it. How about you guys, Rachel, Kayla, you guys like fall or are you missing summer already? I love fall. I'm not ready for it yet. Yes. But, um, our, our HR director was just saying today that she saw somebody walking around in a sweater and a vest already. <laughs> so I feel like we have people like you that are super gung ho and are like ready to go, and other people that are going to hold off a little. Yeah. So I'm going to hold off just a little, yeah. but I love it. Hood- hoodie and UGG boots is my uh, right up my alley. It's so good. That it crisp, is. And then that's the thing. You can just kind of feel it. Like in the early morning, just a little bit of you can just feel it. The whisper of fall is like, ah. Well, it's getting, I noticed because it's getting dark already. Like now it's seven and you're like, can I go for a walk or is it, yeah. you know, it used to be eight just yeah. like a week ago. I know it changed so fast. Yeah. Even uh, we have a pool. So even trying to go out to the pool now, the yeah. temperature just during the day is so different. I think yep. today was going to get maybe high seventies where it's been so yeah, much higher. High of 77, which is like yeah. chilly for, you yeah. know, it's funny when my family from Florida visits, they're just like, oh, they're like bundled up at like 70 <laughs> cold for them. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to get it down there. I know. And then we got to screw around with the clocks. Fall back. Oh, I dread oh, that's that. That's up for so debate much. still. We got to end that. We should end that. It's on the, it, it was in, put in, in front of Congress a couple times. I know, but you know who likes block that? Like pharmaceutical companies that like sell Why? sleep medication. It's like uh, some melatonin. weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, no, we, we make billions from that or something. Who knows? They say babies have a hard time with the time change, but I have a really hard time with the time change. So I don't know. What's that say? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> What's that mean? Let's unpack that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, Jorge, do we, tomorrow you guys are already talking about getting 
the, the release of the pumpkin spice because is this by the way oh, is, this, is the starbucks open i know it was on fire a couple weeks yeah, ago. yeah that's a great question i mean it's funny because the interview with uh bob said that he had, he had hoped that it would open up that same week but i mean i don't know what the extent of the damage was yeah um thank so there was a fire right in this oh, i didn't the, know that we're, we're yeah. all struggling without so these starbucks. guys are like crackheads yeah they're like when is it open you know they're trying to figure out where could we drive to get it and it's not the same you gotta do uber same. eats and just have it delivered so it doesn't matter what starbucks is open right, there you go plus they're opening the new one which i didn't realize down um like when we go to the pho place like, like okay. right around the corner from there another starbucks is oh, okay yeah yeah riders landing i did yeah. see that one right right when you get on or off of the merit yeah exactly yeah. so exciting that that's opening up too I mean, also, do you guys? I, this is just a question. This is this might be controversial. Is are you guys Starbucks people or Dunkin' people? So I like both. Mm-hmm. It just depends on my mood. Do mm-hmm. I need a, like a really good kick, or do I need <laughs> just something cozy? Because a really good kick is Starbucks, but something just cozy to drink would be Dunkin' for me. Okay. Uh, now I'm I'm Dunkin'. Definitely Dunkin'. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been easily influenced <laughs> since moving our offices here. Since the Starbucks is so close and people want to buy for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting for me because re- being raised on Duncan, Duncan was the one across, like, yeah, it was just the one at every family gathering. It's the one like, you know, you grew up with. It tastes like home, but realizing that home isn't probably that great universally, especially yeah. now, like having, you know, Ramon, every time he travels, he'll bring back some sort of exotic coffee. My buddy from uh, Hawaii, every time he comes home, he'll bring Kona coffee, which is a whole other level. Um, so admitting that Duncan probably isn't objectively the best coffee ever, it still tastes like home. And it, it's like, I think that's it's the familiar. To it. It's the familiar. And also, yeah. just the flavor, like my gym is uh, extra large back toasted almond and no other coffee place does a toasted almond like they do. So it's just, it's just great. But my complaint is that the consistency it's all about like who's working that shift which one you go to right. when you go service is not consistent <laughs> right no it really isn't and then, really will isn't. The, really and then lately since they switched to the paper cups will the coffee actually survive back to wherever i went yeah half the time i've gotten duncan in the last year half the coffee ends up in my cup holder just from the well, ride they like, overfill it and then put a lid on it and then it's coming out of the right. sides and you're yeah. just like it is a mess the other yeah. day i went and got one of the boys um a bacon egg and cheese and the bacon and the egg and the cheese were out of the bagel uh, right <laughs> so it was so, the bagel and then the bacon well egg and we cheese. started out on top of the duncan's downtown and uh-huh. i remember sandra that we used to work there shout out she she told us i work here don't eat the food river my youngest she's she's five and she loves their um their tater tots or like yeah. their uh, home fries you know that, that hash well, browns, my, hash okay, my guilty pleasure is the boston cream like after 18 holes i don't care i'll get a a, a lot you know a medium hot black coffee and a boston cream nobody <laughs> knows i had it I just have it in the car. By the time I get home, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Wednesday, you're hide the Yeah, yeah. It's just like something. You're going to hide the bags. I fold them and I put them on the, you know, on the little side of the door. You know, nobody knows. It's my little secret until now. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, let's um, talk a little bit about back to school because we got some news in your house. Someone's going to uh, UConn. Yeah, I'm excited. So Zoe's my oldest. Uh, She just had her 18th birthday, which I can't believe. Like, how did that happen? Uh, She's all grown up now. And she just, I I just love being involved in this part of the, and it's funny now realizing I'm on the other, the shoes on the other foot because my mom would tell me all of these things 
about how, you know, like, you know, the mom, she always wants you to call or she's always calling me. And now that she's like, we get, we got on a better texting schedule, but now not realizing when my oldest texts me out of nowhere, just to share, share a thing. Oh, my heart like skips a beat. I get so excited. And she's like, look at these shoes that I got. Or we spent a whole half hour just going over all the things she got uh, from Target for her dorm. And um, I'm so excited That's for cool. her. This whole next phase is opening, but I'm also realizing like it hit me this week where i had the revelation like her room's just gonna be empty like what like that i've been all about gung-ho but hey if you need help in your classes let me know what you need but never really realizing that that also means that she won't be here until holiday break and, and she'll be home to do laundry <laughs> so funny that was one of the things that she showed me but actually she has a I asked about that, and she has a lawn uh, washer and dryer in her unit. Wow! Because it's like this apartment style setup, and I'm like, "Holy moly!" Okay, yeah, so, times have changed. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like that when I was there. I, I used to have a payphone in the hallway. That's why I wait <laughs> yeah. in line to oh, use God, that. Yeah. That's how old I am. But, <laughs> but that's exciting. Uh, in my house, I got Nancy's back at back teaching, so the whole routine has changed. Because like all summer long, she's in Did vacation. They have the first mode. day of school. Already? No, no, no. It's okay. like PD. Like it starts professional development. Um, kids come back next Monday, but um, just like the time of like go- now, she wants to go to bed early, mm-hmm. like in the middle of a show. Like Shucks. last night, it was like nine o'clock. She's like like winding down, but like a week ago, you know, she's like starting a show at midnight, and I'm trying yeah. to go to sleep because yeah. I got to go to work. You know, so it's just like the routine is going back to going to bed earlier, getting up earlier. The 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 you know what do you call that the uh, not the curling iron, but she has the, the other straightener. one. The straightener. I hear that thing yep. going. And yeah. The hustle the, the, and bustle has yeah, started. Yeah, exactly. So, but she gets focused and uh, she she teaches kindergarten. And, and you guys, you oh, know, you, you know that age is when you're, we're going to talk about your field and speech and all that. So, like, she gets these kids and she's got to teach them uh, how to read and how to write by the time they they finish. Every year. She's been doing this 27 years. And I uh, can't wait to hear all about your company, uh, right after these words. If you've got an innovation that you want to bring to the world, the first step is making sure you've got a great domain name. Visit shop.spacehost.pro to grab your domain name today and begin your new venture and your new business. She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy. Lonely like a highway. She's living in a world and it's on fire. She knows she can fly away. Oh, she got both feet on the ground and she's burning it down. Oh, she got a head in the clouds and she's not backing down. This girl is on fire. This girl is on and we're back. That was a little bit of uh, Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys at the request of our special guest. Once again, please join me in welcoming Rachel Criscolo, the owner of Speech Pathology Group and Rehab Services of Connecticut. Thank you for having me. Yes, also would like to welcome Kayla Hawley, Marketing and Communications <laughs> Director from SPG. Oh, thank you. Awesome guys, thank you, thank you for uh, for being here. We we've had a chance to work with you guys. We we met um, Kayla and I met at uh, the Schmoozapalooza, 
about a year ago and and we got to work you guys are neighbors you're here in shelton so so uh rachel um tell us how, how did you create this enterprise um so in two, 2015 i had my second child and daycare is ridiculously expensive um and i was working in the schools and uh, there's a lot of therapeutic rules to follow when you mm -hmm. work in schools so i wanted some flexibility so i just started doing some independent contractor work for um, birth to three and for schools and for hospitals just to test out all the different areas of speech therapy to kind of feel you know test it out see what i wanted to do um and with the help of my uh, original supervisor at a school i started um, doing uh, specialized evaluations at schools and um, started bringing people underneath me to help because there was too many contracts for me to handle myself because I also wanted to be home mm -hmm. and be a mom. So I needed to try to balance a little bit of both. Um, and then at some point we ended up opening aquatic speech therapy sessions that nobody else had around here. Uh, what it, is that? So it's like speech therapy, but in the pool. <laughs> you, you, you try to talk underwater? Or? No, no, no. So yeah, what does that add it to actually, the experience? So it actually all happened because I was seeing a birth to three child okay. who was not speaking at all. And okay. we were trying. I feel like normally I have some sort of trick in, in my back pocket wow. that will work. Mm -hmm. And nothing was working. We could not figure it out. And um, the other therapist and I said, why don't we just bring him? It was summer. Why don't we bring him in the pool for the next session? Because the family lived in a condo. And so we went in the pool and all of a sudden he it started clicking and wow. he was uh, responding to some of the things that we were asking him to do. He started using pictures to communicate because he wanted to jump in the pool and he was having so much fun. He wasn't even realizing that he was in the midst of therapy. Wow. So I had said from that day, at some point, I am going to start aquatic speech therapy um, one, it was fun for me, quite mm -hmm. frankly, because it's different and yeah. I get bored easily, you know, sitting yeah. in the same space all the time. And it was so amazing for the kids. So we started that at the Hampton Inn in Shelton. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. Is I this still, a part of the field that's already established or did you spearhead this? So there are people more out west that will do aquatic speech therapy, but nobody around here has done it. Uh, it's usually occupational therapy and physical therapy that's in the pool. That's very right. normal. Right, right. A lot of like I've Griffin heard, has a pool, and a lot of places right, has a pool you're for like, that. You're lighter in the pool, and your muscles. You can yeah, and it's yeah. so motivating. Yeah, right. So all of that just works together. Sensory. For speech. It's like another feeling. You're feeling it on your skin. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Yeah, all of it. So it it ended it ended up going really well. We met some amazing people in Shelton, and. Uh, added some more clinicians to our crew. And then we started off over at the Sinto building on Beard Sawmill. And we started off with one room in somebody else's practice. And every year we've just grown more people and we've moved about five or six times. <laughs> we've been talking about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, since 2015, <laughs> because we just continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And um, now we have speech therapy, we have occupational therapy, we have physical therapy, and we have ABA services, which specialize with children with autism, which has been great. So we can service. I wanted a place where all the families can go to one place and not have to run a million different places because I have four kids. So me just getting them to one place is sufficient. And thinking about these families who have to do, you know, a child who needs speech therapy and let's say just an occupational therapy, they're having to go to two different places. How do you manage that? So having a one-stop shop is what my vision was for for the families. So that's what we have been in development of doing. And it's been wonderful and fun. 
But what inspired and, you like to start a business? I know and and to get into this field in particular. So to get into this field, it's kind of a funny story. So I had a, a boyfriend in college and we went to go visit his grandfather in the hospital and he was extremely cranky. Like I was a little scared. The I boyfriend or the grandfather? The grandfather was scared, a little cranky. <laughs> and so I just was kind of standing back in the hospital room like, oh, gosh, this is a little uncomfortable and embarrassing. And he was yelling at the nurses and whoever was coming in. And then this young girl popped in and he smiled and he said, oh, my sunshine is here. Oh, wow. And I thought, who the heck is this girl? What does she do that makes right. this man so happy? Right. She so tamed she the was, beast somehow. Yeah, yeah. So she was a speech therapist. Okay. And so I started looking into what that was because how amazing is it to make somebody feel so happy and comfortable and having people look forward to seeing you. So that is right up my alley and that it just it worked. So I was originally actually in business. I was going to be a business major. And around that time, my professor, I had failed economics and my professor at UConn had said, well, girls don't really do well in math anyway. Oh, man. So, Who was this guy? <laughs> I know. Wow. So well, it, what year was this? 1950. Wow. I know. I know. As my daughter's an econ major. So yeah. This is like oh a whole yeah. 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 teacher. So <laughs> we won't throw him under the bus. No, no, no. I don't even remember who. Not it was. appropriate. But um, so it it all happened at the same time. So I ended up switching my majors, and it was the best thing I could have done. I feel like when I was doing a, a business, when I was in business, mm -hmm. I was struggling to get C's and B's. It just was so hard, so hard for me, and I hated yeah. it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once I started doing the speech therapy work, I had A's, and I felt like it was easy because I just loved it. My It worked with my brain. It worked with my heart. It just all yeah. came together. So that's how it started, way back at UConn. Wow, so you found your passion. A lot of there. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. So it's nice that we have the clinic and the schools now in the pool. And with your own kids, did you find yourself like getting them to speak or diagnosing them or looking for signs or whatever that you Yeah, learned? I feel like when I was pregnant, just because I live in this world yeah. and seeing um, how how it is with families when they mm -hmm. have a child who has a disability and how, how hard it can be and emotionally, yeah. you know, and just in the day-to-day -day life. Um, I was very nervous when I was pregnant, mm -hmm. wondering, you know, what... You have so What's much gonna information. happen? You yeah, so I almost have too much information because yeah. my mom would always say to me, "I've never thought about any of this stuff, right. Rachel." Right. Um, right. But no, I feel like at a young age, I started them really young with um, sign language, yeah. and I just did all the things that we tell parents to do now in therapy sessions when they come. I just started that very early with all of my children. I have to ask you a question that's completely random. Yeah. Do you really believe like uh, gorillas can learn how to do sign language, or is that just Hollywood? No, I really think they can. They can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think if you make if you can find a way to make communication powerful enough, yeah. it's definitely something that can be learned. And that's something that we're always trying to figure out with our little ones, especially the ones that don't communicate this, yet. Uh, yeah, they more. Do that more with oh, the yeah. Hands. yeah, yeah. Hey, it worked out really it well. Works. Yeah. It's so funny. It does. It's and it isn't so cute when it they is. start doing it when it they're is. little. They're, little yeah. they're sitting in the high chair and they're going like this. I mean, you can't get any cuter than that. It's the best. But I love uh, I, I just love the thought that like communication takes so many different forms. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the thing that I think as humans, we it's we're given this incredible ability to do that in so many ways. Right. Like you yeah. walk into a room and just the energy that you get from somebody. Right. When you talk, people talk about a vibe, but it's very much a collection of or like intuition and things like that. And it's very much a collection of like your past experiences, body language yeah. Um, and how all that 
comes into play. Now, does that is what you guys do also? I don't know. Do, do you guys have like peers? Like, are there things that you that you've like? Hey, I just made a discovery. Is that is that how that works too in this field? Or how how does that? I work? think every child is so different, mm. and and really, quite frankly, any adult that we're working with is so different. So we go to school and we learn the basics, right? We have the foundation down, um, but because we're working with humans. We have to, with every single patient, figure out, okay, how do we take this base and figure out how to make it work for this child or for this there are adult? There's other like, external factors. There's, there's so many other external factors. Yeah. So what works for one child is not going to work for another. So there's in the special needs world, there's a lot of um, keywords that people will use. Like, oh, do you do this strategy? Have you learned this? Mm -hmm. um, Social emotional is like a big buzzword. Now. Oh, yeah. My wife teaches kindergarten. And I hear yeah. it all the time. It is. It's so right. big. And so people will ask, do you do this specific methodology? Do you mm -hmm. do this specific training? How are your right. clinicians trained in that? And I always say we're, we're always trained in everything, but we very rarely follow steps one through 10 exactly how a researcher sent it out because mm -hmm. again i'm repeating myself but we work with humans so yeah. not everybody outlier. can do one somebody's, through ten somebody's an outlier or right maybe has these elements but not this or right and that's the piece where i feel like when we're looking for clinicians to bring in is you need somebody who isn't just book smart right. you have to have that innate ability to be a clinician and to read other people like what you were saying you know right. read their vibe what are their what are they doing emotionally what are some of the things that they need and use that skill in addition to the school skills that you learned that's the best way to be an amazing clinician is to be able to do both right the the, the practicum versus the theory yeah you know uh, transferable skills right um so what are some of the challenges you had early on in in growing it? And why didn't you just decide to work for someone, but it sounds like you right away went into, is it because of the challenges of being a mom and being able to yeah, control I felt your schedule? Like, I just felt like, um, I mean, working for other people in some ways is really nice, right? You don't have to worry about payroll. You don't have to worry <laughs> yeah. about taxes. You don't have to worry about overhead. But I felt like I wanted to make my own decisions in therapy. I didn't want somebody else telling me, oh, we don't have the money for that. You can't do it. Or mm -hmm. no, technically, if you say this to the parent, then we're going to be liable for X, Y, and Z. I just wanted to be able to provide therapy in the way that I wanted to provide it with being very patient focused and not have to worry about anything else. So that was part one. And the other part was, yeah, I was a, I was a, a young mom. I had my second child. I knew we were going to have more and I needed to have some flexibility. And when you work in a traditional job, there isn't flexibility. You know, I feel like a lot of times my employers would always want me to work more and more and more. But if I just needed to leave 10 minutes early, that's not allowed. And I just feel like there was never that like nice give and take, right. you know, and I understand there has to be structure because it's a business and, and there's expenses and mm -hmm. it's not easy. Um, but just having that humanity piece, trying to keep that piece involved a little mm -hmm. bit in business also uh, intrigued me. And so I, you, so you've, you I, I mean, I believe creating an environment where you would want to go to work every day. So has that kind of been the philosophy? Yeah, I mean, that's what we've tried. Yeah. It certainly is, as we get bigger, there's, yeah. it's different ways of thinking, okay, wait a second. It was easy to maintain this culture when we had 10 employees, but now we have 55. So how can I make sure that we have the same culture that we had when we had 10 people for 55 people? So that is something that we're always talking about. Um, how to how to adjust what we're doing 
mm-hmm. to try to keep that. And we certainly, we're not perfect. I mean, I don't think any business is perfect. So we lose it sometimes. You know, there'll be months and we reflect and we're like, oh, wait a second, that is not going very well. How are we going to pivot this so that we don't, I don't want to be how all the other places are. I don't want, I don't want to have that work environment. But it's a balance because, yeah. again, it's a business. So yeah. finding that happy medium is special. <laughs> yeah. Once you have it, it's like you want to hold on to it. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. And when did, you, when did you and Kayla meet? So Kayla's been with us for a little over a year at yeah. this point, right? Yeah. We, um, I was at a previous role and had a friend who um, their wife was a clinician, a per diem clinician. Yeah. And um, I had a Facebook shared with me didn't know the woman yeah yeah um, rachel rachel yeah rachel yeah. reaches out reaches out to me and we had an interview and and the first thing in the interview was we have a friend and i had no idea who she was talking about <laughs> um and um yeah i i came on board pretty quickly yeah um and it, i was working from home i didn't know anybody in the office for a couple couple months there yeah um but then yeah we've definitely we've grown we've flourished i came in i I know what her vision is and, and I can put that into pretty pictures as she says. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I feel like when she came on, on board, it was, there's only so much one I can do and I don't know how to do everything at all. And I certainly don't know how to do good on you for uh, being aware of that. Cause (laughs) a lot of owners don't have that self-awareness. They want to, they want to do everything. They want to control everything. Yeah. I think that's one of the best pieces of, of advice that I had received from one of my friends who actually works for me is she had said, you have to start letting things go. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're never going to grow. You're going to lose your mind. And, and quite frankly, you're not doing a good job. <laughs> right. Right. So we, we had gotten to that point with regards to, you know, the website and trying to um, build a community outside of the office. And that's where Kayla had come in and, Yes, she was able to see all of my mess, like my vision board, and start putting it together as a pretty picture and helping to reach out to the people that we needed to reach out to. Like, for example, for you guys, we had tried other places before and spent so much money and it it was nothing. It was, but I was in charge and I didn't know what I was doing. So I don't know what questions to ask, you know? Um, So it's, yeah, every person that we've ended up bringing on board, of course, it's always scary to have to bring on another employee because there's an expense, but every employee that we've brought in on, especially in our executive team has just been wonderful and has been wonderful in the sense of helping us grow, but more importantly, providing more support for our families and clients when they come in because we have more manpower and really helping the current employees that we have because then they can get more support and we can figure out what are some different things that we can give to our employees that they might appreciate. Right. What are some things you look for or maybe some advice you could give to a business owner that's trying to let go and trying to bring help on? Uh, that that's It's hard, but I, I just feel like keeping, I'm just going to say it simply, you mm-hmm. have to let go. Mm-hmm. Because the more you try to do everything yourself, you're actually stifling yourself and the business. Not A business owner is not meant to be able to do everything. We right. all have our own unique traits and um, things that we're passionate about. And outsourcing to the people who are passionate about those things is going to make things go so much better than doing it yourself. But I think as a business owner, it's, you know, this is my fifth baby. 
So if people, my dad would say to me all the time, it's just business, Rachel, it's just business, but it's not just business because this is my entire life. This is what I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning doing. This is what on maternity leave, I would be doing business and not just focusing on that little baby. So um, just being able to be comfortable and I think release that I know is hard, but other people can do the same things that you do, and sometimes they can do it better. And I feel like I have to tell myself Hire that a lot. Hire people smarter than you. Hire people smarter than <laughs> yeah, you. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And, and Kayla, what, what were your thoughts or what drew you to, to come uh, and like buy into her vision of SPG? Because I'm super cool. Yeah, that too. That, that, <laughs> we, yeah. Yes, That's yes the interview was nice and casual. Um, you know, I, I personally was looking for a career chain, uh, change. I was coming from a business where I was working seven days a week and I was I was working long hours and I have a young child and a family and um, I was approached with Rachel working for her company and just looking at the culture that she has what her expectations are what the reality is um, and I was able to gain a much better work-life uh, balance um, and at the same time too my I was looking for services for my son so he ended up becoming a patient yeah um, at SPG so it just worked out beautifully. It worked out beautifully. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yes. the universe just brings the right people together yep. and every, everything yep. fits in. Um, you, you know, the name of the company, right? Speech Pathology Group and Rehab. So you're 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 working with children, but is is there like if somebody suffers a stroke, is that kind of where the rehab comes in? Yeah. So we also work with adults right now, just for speech therapy. We'll take okay. in adults, uh, and we started that in our Southbury office first because we have an office in Southbury. But I have to say, as a clinician, being able to work with both on either end of the continuum is just phenomenal. It really is. And the the beauty of working with the older population is um, for them, they've lost something and they're trying to get it back. Where a child doesn't have something, they're working for it. So even though... The, the, the idea is the same. We want everybody to talk. We want everybody to be able to eat. We want everybody to be able to to breathe. Um, it's a, a little bit of a different twist when you have the adults. And I, I feel like when the adults come in, it's – I don't know how to put it, but it's almost taking them a step back. And I feel like a lot of adults come in and they're sick of the doctors who – are talking over their head and they have no idea what they're talking about, or they're sick of being treated like a child because they're not a child. They're a 70 year old man who ran a bank for right, 40 some years. Distinguished career. Right. And, and they don't want to be treated as either. And that's the really important part when you're working with the adults is to just treat them as an adult that just happens to need your help. And we're all younger than them. So we definitely have to be very careful how we communicate that with them so that they don't feel like we're treating them like like babies or right. um, that they can't do things because it's devastating staff, for them. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, um, Are some staff kind of more adept at dealing with the older, like you kind of find their niche? Yeah, I think some... Every clinician has something that they like the most, let's say. Um, And there are certain clinicians that really like working with the older population. So what we try to do, this was something different that I wanted to do that other practices don't necessarily always do either, is trying to match our clinicians with our patients. So it's not just, oh, here's a new person here. You can just take this person, take this person, take this person. We have to fill your schedule. It's, okay, You he, we have an older gentleman that came in. I know you really like working with pe- people with Parkinson's, and you have that training. Let's try to match them up because that is a good fit. 
Um, and I think, you know, if you go to therapy, you try a couple different therapists sometimes to find somebody that works. And you, so it's kind of the same they thing say here. What you want right. to hear. No. Yeah. <laughs> until they tell you you're totally normal and right. perfect. <laughs> right. Right. Man, um, are you noticing um, like a more, uh, I would say not a prevalence, but more young young children on the spectrum than than maybe 10 or 20 years ago or do you have any thoughts yeah or i mean on i that? think the statistics show that it's um becoming more and more prevalent mm-hmm. uh and i would say that our field has gone is get, continuing to get bigger as a whole right. across the country um the need for therapies is continuously increasing there's shortages everywhere because do you think awareness has anything to do with that? Where before maybe people weren't, you know, as open to any of that. And now, you know, as time has gone on, things have started to evolve. Yeah. So there's so many schools of thought. So some people say it's awareness. Some people will say, oh, we just have better testing. And I, this may be controversial, but I tend to think it's our environment and all of the chemicals that we continue to ingest as humans and put put um, on our bodies that in the news like the last month the first time the first human heart with microplastics was found in it which is like how does that get what? into your bloodstream well you know right i mean, I mean so. when you look at when you look at um like what other countries are allowed to eat and what we're allowed to eat it's just insane the differences yeah. so that's my school of thought and yeah. why i think we're having more and more um, oh, that's valid. Fertility issues and uh, children who who need help. Do you think the age of the parent has anything to do with it? Because I've heard well, that. I think that that has always been something. I remember when I was 38, maybe I had my last baby. I can't remember. And I was considered old. Like high like, risk. I had yeah, to go to a million different doctors. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm old. Like, what is <laughs> yeah. happening? So I know that the, the medical field says that the older you get, the greater the risk is. I mean, it certainly can because I think most women versus how we were many, many years ago, we have a more, career yeah, right, and right. everything has, is starting later. So maybe, I don't know. That, that's a good, that's a good question yeah, though. I mean, who knows? Um, I know there are like going back to the food that there are certain dyes and yeah. coloring that, you know, are banned in other countries, but okay here. You know, I'd be I'd be curious to see what the statistics are in other countries for. Yeah, that would be a great comparison. I had just learned that um, even for McDonald's, they cook, they give certain ingredients, let's say for McDonald's, let's say in England. Mm. I'm just randomly pulling a yeah. country versus what they would give McDonald's here. That's how different it right. is. It's, and I've heard something in the mac and cheese, which like every kid has. Oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that there are some cult like that bright. <laughs> yeah, like yellow. it's that red dye. It's not. Yeah um legal in in europe mm-hmm. it, but it but it's okay here yeah and um, it's in everything yeah it's and eye-opening it, <laughs> yeah it is makes you think yeah um we do have families that will do very specific diets yeah. and hope to um help change what their child might be suffering with and there's some families who have wonderful success mm-hmm. uh, going that route and there's other families that don't. Now, is it because they don't do it consistently or is it because that's just not what's going to help their child? I think, yeah. again, it almost comes back to that therapy piece. You know, you have the research and then you just have to try to figure out right. what is going to work for the child. Right. And it could also be that if they're if the parent is that attentive to what the child eats, then the likelihood of them making better decisions in other aspects of their life. Right. Or higher. Yeah. So it may not be the food, but just that the parent is involved or yeah. is more likely to um, 
reinforced therapy techniques or yeah. what have you. Yeah, that's actually a great point. Oh, um, excellent. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, going back to like, I hear about these kids every year, like, um, my, my, you know, every class that my wife has every year, these little cute five-year-old, four-year-olds. And inevitably she'll have one or two kids in her class um, mm-hmm. that at that age, um, kind of get, um, flagged, you yeah. know, they're, they're showing signs finally. Um, is there, a a time where you're seeing kids getting maybe a little younger or is that around the the age where you start picking up they should be speaking by now or is it like two or or one my pediatrician friends are probably going to kill me but a lot of times families will go to the pediatrician and say my child isn't talking or Mm -hmm. they're drooling or they're not eating a lot of different foods Mm -hmm. and again we're not all perfect we can't all know everything right? right so what tends to happen is the pediatricians will say, oh, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. And so a lot of times families will get to kindergarten and mm-hmm. then there's no more waiting because yeah. then it's it becomes more obvious. Because now you're delayed. Because now, now, right, yeah. right. So I always say to families, the sooner that you can come in, the right, better. Right. I mean, there's no hurt in coming in and getting an evaluation, right? You'll have your answer. There's no no harm, no foul. Yeah. But it does tend to uh, crop up a lot in kindergarten because – things have been pushed to the side and again not necessarily yeah. by the parents at all right. but when you're going to other yeah. um other places and there's also the aspect of like is a child an only child with busy parents or like like I, i'm the oldest of five you know and i've seen it relatives that have a lot of siblings or older siblings you you can have a two-year-old that's like non-stop talking yeah because they're 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 around adults or they're around older children yeah, there's so many factors. That's yeah. what makes it such a hard field, but also such a phenomenal field. Because those are the things you have to think of. What is their family like? Um, what do they do when they get home from school? Are yeah. they an extracurricular? There's Other so languages. many pe- Yes, that too. There's so many pieces to the puzzle. So many pieces. What are some um, success stories that you can share, like where you've had that breakthrough that you tell yourself, like, this is this is my purpose. This is, yeah. this is all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I, so for me, I really love a challenge. So my favorite type of patient to work with are the little ones who are nonverbal. They're not talking. Um, and so once they start showing that communication, whether it's by sign language or they're starting to uh, imitate sounds and then words, that for me is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the, the most rewarding miracle that you can see happen in front of you. And I'll, I think every one of our clinicians, once they see a child for the first time pick up a fork, let's say, and be able to feed themselves or drink from a cup, all of those firsts, you think about how you feel when you're a parent and you see your kids do a first, they're like our kids. We become their we become so invested in them. So once you see any of the kids do their first, it's just, we usually get emails like, oh my God, so-and-so just said hi today. And because we get so excited. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And I think if I was working with an adult, I I just love when they feel like they, they're starting to get their life back again. Um, there was a gentleman that I'd worked with in the past and he would um, take apart boats and put boats back together. And he was like a man's man. You know, like that was his, that was his thing. And after having a stroke, he couldn't do anything. 
because it, it just his brain and his hands just weren't working. So the first time that he was able to um, do something to the engine, I'm sure it was specific. I don't know what the heck it was. <laughs> like take but out a spark plug. Or something. Yeah, it was just him. His sense of self came back, yeah. and so also seeing that on the opposite side for the adults is also just. I mean, how do you beat that feeling you when you some, see that? You guys have like. Uh... Amazon auto ship Kleenex and tissue. Yeah. I could just imagine like I'm getting, um, yeah. you know, it's, emotional. Like it's got to be amazing to it really is. impact lives in that way. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a phenomenal field to get into for yeah. sure. I, I, um, I'm training for this bike ride. And so every weekend my wife and I go and do these rides on the, on the trail. We've been doing the Hamden trail and you made me think of this past weekend. I mean, this happened in like milliseconds. Cause I'm like, I'm going at like, 14 miles an hour but i see this family coming the other way and it's a the mom dad and then like a little little child a little boy maybe let's say he was five but he's on a he's on a bike too there and, and and the mom was just like the dad was on a bike but the mom was like pushing the little boy like like that moment of like learning how to ride mm -hmm. a bike and i just happened to like scan at him scan the mom and then i looked right at the dad and it just made me smile like that moment yeah. of them teaching him yeah like how to and he's like you know he's got his helmet on he had glasses on and he's like riding but i can imagine those moments must happen quite a bit yeah and i think with family something that you had said earlier is that you know talking and breathing and eating comes so easily to us yeah. we don't even think we Take don't we don't realize that we're blinking we don't realize that we're swallowing in the middle of talking to give ourselves a break yeah. but when you're working with somebody that that doesn't come naturally i, I think for me, at least, it also has made me appreciate how amazing our bodies are and all of the things that our bodies do without us thinking and how hard it is for those when it doesn't come naturally. Because it, do it doesn't just throw off your talking. It throws off so it could throw off so many things. But yes, yeah, so Think those about little how moments. how many social cues that right. you're giving to someone else. Right. Who... They, they lack that entirely. And now you have other people trying to engage with them in a way that they're engaging with everybody else. And they're not, you know what I mean? They're no fault of their own. It's yeah. just not built into them naturally. So they're missing out on this other part of the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. So to give someone that is, that's incredible. You know, what a field to be able to make a difference and an impact and all. Yeah, it really is. And I feel like I'll say this. I think that um, just speech therapy isn't the end all be all. I, I, that's one, another reason why I wanted a multidisciplinary practice, because I can't do everything. And if I as a clinician feel like I'm the best and I'm better than all the other clinicians, all the other speech therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, BCBAs in our ABA department, that I'm doing a disservice to my client. We all have to work together because we all see the people in different ways and pick up on some of those different things that they may have as a strength or as a weakness. And so working as a team to see the child or the adult, whomever we're working with, um, and doing it together is a big piece of that, of figuring out that puzzle. What's the opposite of kind of moment have you ever had to tell a family like we can't do anything or, or, or yeah you know. i mean it definitely happens because sometimes let's say we're trying to teach a, a child how to use pictures mm -hmm. to communicate and it's just not working um yeah that that conversation has to come i will say that's probably one of the hardest things i had to learn um i remember a parent saying to me once 
I thank you so much for just telling me the truth because that's all yeah. I wanted to hear. Because I think a lot of therapists and maybe people in general are people pleasers, right? We want right. to just make people happy. And if we can't fix something, then maybe then we're doing something wrong as a therapist. But that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes it's just not working and we need to figure out what else can work. So this was our ideal, but what's what's step two? Right. And just the acceptance piece. Yeah, that's difficult. That's the least favorite part of my job. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Yeah, I can imagine. But I we did have a pastor here who had done um I don't know, since COVID, he'd done like eighty funerals or something like that. And it was just weighing on him. Yeah. And and he just reminded us all that that he that we're all just conduits, you know, that it's not, we can't put it on our shoulders to like yeah. somebody or but we, you know, we're, we, we use our God given talents to do our best to help. And, and then, you know, it's really not up to us whether it takes or not. Like you can yeah. put that on yourself. Yeah. Um, but it really sounds like you're doing amazing work. And um, if somebody were to ask you what the SPG brand is, how would you answer that? Oh, how do I answer that? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, direct from oh. marketing too. Now. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, well, I mean, you have your marketing director here, but what, <laughs> typically one definition is uh, your brand is what people might say about SPG when you're not in the room. So in the, whether it's in the industry or, the, or in the community, what do you think your, your, uh, your reputation is? Well, I hope that our reputation is that we are um, – like a community and we try to be, I feel like everybody says this when they're in business. Everybody says they're the that, best. That, that, or right. that they want to be a family. But I <laughs> I mean, that's everybody says that. But I, I feel like what I try to say to everybody, whether it's families or workers, is we're all human. Mm. None of us are expecting perfection at all. We're, this is just a perfect place to be a human because we can accept your faults. Can you accept ours? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll help you however you can, you know. That's um, probably not I, the best. I would say <laughs> whatever. We'll put it on Kayla. Yeah. That's her job. You should yeah, have said that's her job. Yeah, yeah. I should have. I should have. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would definitely say that community is a big piece. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Rachel and I are working a lot is getting into the community more. Um, I know that we've grown with our school contracts. We work in a lot of yeah. schools. But we're trying to go into um, other settings, non-school settings. We're going to playgrounds and things like that. And we're trying to give um, devices and um, AAC boards, which is for a lot of our nonverbal students. And we want to put those things that we do in our day-to-day -day practice out in the community. Make them more yeah. accessible. Yeah. 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 And we've been able to take in a lot of interns too, which has been yes. nice. Because yeah. we so, weren't able to do that in the past because yeah. our offices were smaller. Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah. I think, I think growth is, is a big piece of our brand. Um, we have been growing we're helping our families grow and yeah. working with the community growth and everything. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. And Rachel, you, you know, you, you can identify with this, that as a leader, you have to keep setting goals for the company, keep everybody like motivated, looking forward. What's next for SPG? So we have a Southbury office, so we're growing our Southbury office. We're going to be moving whenever the plans are done. I don't know how construction <laughs> is going to work at this this time. Um, and I have a third location in the back of my head. So I think, um, again, locations and spaces getting larger. And this is something, is there a virtual aspect to your business? Or no? So you can do teletherapy, yes. Okay. Um, insurance companies 
don't necessarily always cover it. And, you know, money, I think for a lot of families is tight. So you can't always pay for it out of pocket. So there are certainly some uh, therapies that can be done via Zoom, let's say, but not all of them. Right. Some are just best in person. Right. And so the locate the, the you know the locations is falls in line with the growth and in, in right. being accessible. Right. The more community. Yeah. And trying to I like to try to find things that are different. So I when I'm picking places, I'm thinking of where is there where's a hole that mm. that we can go and make a new home. Awesome. <laughs> and what's the most important part of that plan? Are you talking about the you know, when the plans are done, is it like do you guys have a is there a room that's that's got all the technology available? Like, what do you look for to make like a an ideal office of SPD? Uh, an ideal office has a home base where clinicians can go into and have lunch, mm -hmm. collaborate. Um, it has a welcoming waiting room where families can sit and relax when their kids are in therapy. You know, who doesn't want to take out their phone and watch how do TikTok? You not, how do you not have the parent in there? Do you just tell them like? Most parents uh, trust us and okay. we have really good relationships and they appreciate the break, quite from, frankly. From experience, the kids sometimes <laughs> work better when the parents yeah, are Yeah, and that too. Right, right, that too. Right. So there's some parents that want to come in with their child before they get to know us or we might have children that are really having a hard time separating for their, from their families and that's fine. I mean, we're pretty much all of us are moms or or aunts or, or uncles, <laughs> so we get children. it, yeah. you know, and we every we just have to work with it and figure it out. Um, but but new space we our our therapy rooms are great. Our, yeah. Our so the other rooms are we need gymnasiums. a lot of therapy rooms. We yeah. need a big gym. Our occupational and physical therapists do. Um, we have swings and ball ladders and, and yep. ball pits rock and <laughs> all that rock walls and all of that stuff. So that's a big piece of the offices as well. Is that big gym part? I don't know. We uh, need so a lot of stuff. We have a lot of toys, closets filled yes. with toys. So there's so much involved in all this. Yeah. And that, that's another thing in just speech that I didn't really realize until my, like, you know, there's a considerable gap between my kids. So kind of forget some of these things. And then seeing the interaction with other kids and just play and how yeah. that interacts communication and yeah. how you can already kind of see like little leadership roles yeah. kind of growing and see the you personality. You have such a good sense up. of this. I feel like you missed your calling. <laughs> Mr. Dad here. Yeah. I owe that to my, my mom being a guidance counselor, which also I just wanted, I know that like, just wanted to thank you guys and your field and yes. all that you've done in that. This is a thing that I remember my mom struggling with. Like she would take peanut butter and put it on the roof of my mouth because oh, she God. was trying. I had this really intense lisp as a kid. Yeah. And she did everything that she could. And she and as a guidance counselor, I think that she took everything on herself. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who had worked, um, you know, as a therapist and doing all of these things, she felt like responsibly she had failed me as, as and she left it to the professional who would come to school and we'd have a session and before you knew it, I was getting stickers on my, on my <laughs> every day and feeling like I was really making progress. And, you know, here I feel like you can still hear it. Like once you know it's there, it's, yeah. there's a little That's, bit you can hear now. And I wonder if you guys pick that up when you first meet somebody like, oh, there's no. So I, I do tend to pick it out because that's what my job is. So I, I do notice it a lot with other people when mm -hmm. they, they're talking or um, if somebody might be hard of hearing, think yeah. Even watching TV shows, actually. There's so many movies uh, that the actor or actress will have a slight lisp. 
Every wow. once in a while, I'll put it on our team page and say, uh, who in this movie has a lisp? Like, have has anybody else noticed it? Oh, because, that's yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's more prevalent than people, I think, realize. I was thinking when you were talking about toys and stuff that I used to have the... Um... I'm dating myself again because this was like very low tech, but it was this thing that spun around and you pointed to an animal, and then you pulled the string. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the, the farm animal. Those, yeah, yes. I think those helped yeah. me like learn English because like my my both my parents spoke Spanish at home, and and I, I did like bilingual maybe for kindergarten, but by first grade I was I was mainstream. But I owe it a lot to that toy. <laughs> I used to like pull it, um, and also like Sesame Street. Like all the I used to watch all those like PBS shows, like Electric yeah. Company, Sesame Street. Mr. Rogers. Yeah, and see, that's the oh, trick. Yeah. It's fun. You don't mm -hmm. realize you're learning. Right. It's repetitive. <laughs> it's a lot of that so, play therapy. And yeah. Things, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you should. I mean, you should. Your offices are quiet. You should come visit us because people are. <laughs> we're coming down the hallway. We're singing songs. We're giving high fives. We're skipping. We're riding like little scooter boards. We're yeah. blowing bubbles constantly. So yeah. many like multi-sensory yeah. oh, activities. So fun. It yep. really is. We yeah. had uh, our billing team come into the office and start working, and so the woman had worked in um, an adult medical practice and so she started coming here and i walked down to her office i'm like oh how you know how are things and she's like it's very loud here <laughs> i'm like really because i am so used to it i don't even notice she was like i think i heard old mcdonald 25 times tonight. <laughs> i'm like oh yeah that's what happened that's kind of what happened so this is awesome I, I love learning all about your company what um what's the best way for families of you know for both young and old because you you guys have a, a right wide range of, of clients but what's the best way for them to reach you? i think the best way is going on our website we have th different the phone numbers and just contacting the offices we have lead schedulers for both location and they help people finish the paperwork and um, get an evaluation scheduled yeah and um, um, one of the cool things that we have been implementing too is a lot on our website is um we have a lot of free screening so if you have questions about things or you just don't know or you're curious um, it's a great way to just have like a free consultation with us. Um, and then we're, we're offering some new workshops. We're doing some feeding classes, which are uh, free and virtual for our families. So it's, it's just kind of a way to break that stigma or maybe answer some of those questions. Yeah. It's really for those curious parents, we say. Yeah. Um, and just can to you kind of check out, out the, the URLs or the social handles? Yeah, um, our, our website, uh, www.spg-ct.com. Um, and then we're, we're pretty active on our Facebook and Instagram, and that's um, Speech Pathology Group. And um, yeah, sometimes we have a little fun on TikTok. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> that's we'll that's Rachel's. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for being on our show. This was awesome. Thanks, thanks for having out. us. It was fun. All right. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Mission Control. This is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we are...